Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Uh, the combination of this university with its world-class education and this athletic department with its some of the best programs and the respective sports in the country, and this basketball program with one national championship and 10 Final Fours and 14 Sweet Sixteens and 27 NCAA tournament appearances and 20 Big Ten championships and 51 draft picks in a location where there is a rich pool of talent to recruit beginning with this state. And then that whole combination supported by Buckeye Nation, a passionate fan base that absolutely loves and craves a winner. That combination was was just simply too hard to pass on. Are you ready for the best Buckeye basketball podcast by the fans, for the fans? Where they cover the Buckeyes and the Big Ten from a perspective like none other. The OHIO Podcast is proud to present Shots from the Shop. Here are your hosts, Nikki D and the Monk. Alrighty, everyone, we're back here with Shots from the Shot. I'm your host, Nikki D, back after a hiatus. It's great to be back with everyone. I'm here with the Muck and the Buckeye Boggs. How are we doing tonight, fellas? I'm doing good. How are you guys? Doing well, man. Doing great, doing great. So uh, what did you guys think of the Maryland game this afternoon? Yeah, I thought it was uh, a pretty, really good game. Uh, I mean, they, they looked like they were going to let it uh, get a little closer than it should be there towards the end, but they finished the last six minutes strong and kept it at a pretty much a blowout. I loved it. I think that the one of the things Ohio State did very well in this basketball game, which is something that I preach continuously, and it seems like when this when they keep their turnovers low, this basketball team is very good. When we turn over the basketball, we're, we're an average basketball team. When we handle the rock and we handle it well and we get good ball movement, Ohio State, in my opinion, is a top 10 basketball team in the nation. Oh, I, I agree. And I, I like um, that I noticed today, too, something that me and you had talked about, um, I think, on the last one, Eric, was uh, – them getting the ball inside like they really Mm -hmm. had an inside presence today I mean they were making some beautiful passes down low into the post and I just I still wish Zed Key would get more touches I mean seven shots for that guy is just not enough (laughs) no it's not but but he made all of them count I mean six to seven shooting He, he did everything he was supposed to Eric I want to get your opinion here on our guard play this afternoon uh you know I mean we had 25 points or sorry 
23 points combined between our guard play. Uh, what were you seeing out of them uh, this afternoon? Well, let's let's start with Wheeler because he's he's kind of the guy who makes the the motor run. Um, when he's handling the basketball and the the thing about Ohio State is sometimes teams will pressure us and we'll get easy baskets and sometimes we turn the basketball over. There's not a consistency that I like to see where Ohio State is continually breaking a press and breaking pressure. When when we are, we're a very good basketball team. So the guard play is really the engine for this basketball team. In all honesty, EJ, EJ is Liddell's great. You know, Zed Key is really coming on. Um, Malachi Branham is becoming a superstar right in front of our face. There, all the ingredients is there for Ohio State to make a run in the NCAA tournament. And as we predicted, to be there at the end of the season to challenge for a Big Ten championship. But at the end of the day, it all depends on how our guard play is. If if Wheeler and Michi Johnson are handling the basketball and getting us into our offensive sets and moving the basketball, this basketball team, like I said, is top 10 AP and I think can be a grade eight basketball team, but it all hinges on the guard play. I I definitely agree to win it and be to win a big 10 championship and an NCAA championship. You have to have good guard play. Um, one thing, though, that I would like to see brought down a little bit out of our guard play is uh, Branham Malachi. Uh, he had 12 shots today. I would like to see that more around like the 9 to 10 range and giving those three extra looks to Zedke or like Wheeler. Yeah, it, it depends on it depends on who the opponent is. Um, when you play an, a, another team that is very, very athletic and has a lot of big, big guys, Let, let's take Illinois, for instance. I would not recommend th- uh, putting the offense through Zeb Key against Illinois. No, probably they, probably they, not going to go well. <laughs> but yeah, they got that but against <laughs> Illinois, if you can match or exceed their 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 level of uh, of intensity on offense by getting out and running with the basketball, that's a game set up for Malachi Branham to be very successful. Yeah, he he just. Uh... He, he needs to get, you know, be a little more consistent. Um, at, at times, it looks like he's rushing it, you know, rushing his shots. But I think that's just a lot to do with his youth, because I mean, he can get open anytime he wants. The way he can get to the basket, and I really like the fact that him and uh, Michi were both going into the middle and using the mid-range game today instead of just sitting back shooting threes. Definitely. Uh, I, that's another thing that I just don't like with EJ Lydell speaking about the shooting threes is he's taking as many three pointers as our guards are <laughs> shooting. You know, I, I don't mind him popping out every once in a while, but when you're matching the attempts that our guards are making, there's a little bit of an issue. You know, um, I like the fact that he has confidence out there, but I would like to see him more closer to the rim. Right. Taking a little more high percentage shots. Yeah. Do, I mean, do you not think, though, Nick, that the reason why you're seeing that is because he's preparing like like obviously he's his his height is going to be an issue playing the four in the NBA. And so I think there's a 
there is definitely a an idea. Hey, go back to college for one more year, play the three and two, and get get yourself an outside game. And I think for the most part that he has improved his outside game. I know he's not he's not knocking down threes like you know like um like some of our guards, but you know I if I pull up his stats here, he's still at thirty nine point seven percent. Yep. That's not bad. Oh, I mean, he's one of the best three-point shooters on the team, and and I do agree with you, Eric. There, it has that does have a lot to do with uh, the NBA and the way the NBA game is played now. Where no matter what position you play, you have to have an outside game. You have to be able to shoot the three ball, and we're seeing even centers do that, you know, in the NBA. So, I, I think that's definitely a big part of why you're seeing it. But for this team. You know, for this team, I would like to see him just take more high percentage shots um, than necessarily, you know, shooting four threes in a game. Yeah, I I can agree with that. I see I see your point. Basically, you want you're wanting EJ Liddell to play more of a perimeter, uh, like a mid range game, is what you're saying. Yeah. You know? Because it so seems you- it's because it seems like I agree because it seems like if he's not on the outside of the three point line, then he's down low on the block. Well, I don't know. Today he had uh, a few few uh, good shots where he was in the mid range. Like he had that one on the, uh, I think it was on the right side of the basket on the baseline where he hit that like little one hander. And then on the opposite side, um, he was probably about fifteen feet out, and he pump faked that guy into a foul. Like that yeah, dude, that, if, that if he beautiful. has that mid range, yeah, yeah, that was pretty. He, he would be unstoppable if he stayed more consistently shooting in that mid-range. So I agree with you guys on that as well. But does some of that maybe – some of that possibly because in a lot of ways he's taken Justice Suing's game because uh, <laughs> Suing's not there, you know? Right. Well, he, he's definitely picked up all the slack for uh, Suing not being there. That's for sure. He has been Mr. Do-Everything. <laughs> And and I do think that's where a lot of it comes from too. You know, is he feels that he has to be t- doing these certain things for us to win games, and it may be true. You know, he may have to shoot, you know, two or four from a three for us to be able to win some of these games. But also, he's just so talented that if he would step in, you know, to that eighteen to twenty foot jump shot range, he's so talented that he would be he could get and one opportunities. Um, you know, like we were like we saw today, pump fake, get to the rim and get, you know, and just get easy baskets that necessarily aren't, you know, maybe that dagger three, but are that momentum sustainer sustainer. If yeah. You know. And I mean, when he gets those bigger guys on him, he's going to be, you know, if he's out in the mid range, he's going to be quick enough to get around them and get inside with, you know, ease more ease instead of being in the block or on the block and having the dude right over top of you. So, I mean, he's evolving. He's definitely showing that he's taken whatever these NBA guys told him to work on and he's put it, put in the work for it. And it's showing. Now, Eric, as a coach, as a coach of basketball, like yourself, where do you see this team going from here? You know, we're we're here, we're close to the end, coming up to the end of the season. We're getting, you know, we're getting into March, which is tournament tie, where you would like to see your team starting at its peak. Um, from your coaching experience, have we peaked as a team? 
If not, where are we going from here? Well, that's a great question, Nick. And I'll tell you, it's it's, it's from what I see with my own two eyes when I watch this team play is there are some inconsistencies that can be cleaned up as you head down the stretch. Now, uh, these inconsistencies, I, as a coach, would be so frustrating to me because I do not think it's the player's fault. I think the, the the postponements because of weather, because of COVID, the fact that this team has not played back-to-back games since like the beginning of December, it seems like. They're getting a game a week if they're lucky. Um that has got to be incredibly difficult as a coach because there's no consistency. And if there's one thing as a coach you want for your team, it is it is everything to become routine and consistent. Because when you come down to, to the end of, of the season and you and you enter into tournament play, you want everything to feel as normal as you possibly can. And the reason why is because one little thing that changes from a routine can throw a young kid off his game. And that's true for college guys, too. The college guys who are able to focus in on that those 40 minutes on the court and not allow anything that's happening outside affect them on what's happening on the court, those are the great ones. Okay, And those guys are few and far between, in all honesty. Um, We see it so much even in the NBA today where players are – getting upset because of what they're hearing from fans on, on, on the court side, right? And I'm not blaming these players for being upset because a lot of the things that these stupid fans say to them are, are completely ridiculous and uncalled for. But the old-timers would call that having rabbit ears, right? Meaning you're hearing things and it's affecting your play on the court. Well, for Ohio State, it's not that. It's just all these other things that are affecting their play on the court because they can't get any consistency. I mean, they get over COVID, and then another team gets it and cancels. And then it's like, all right, everybody's finally had COVID. It's time to go play now. And then we stick and have eight inches of snow, and the, the other team can't make it to Columbus. And so it's it's all the things that are out of control of these coaches' hands that have got to feel incredibly frustrating to why this team just can't get to be uh, consistent, you know, because there's only one thing you you can try to duplicate this in practice as much as you can, but nothing is going to duplicate. What is a game atmosphere for 40 minutes? You just can't. And so I'm incredibly proud of this team to be to, 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 to where they're at. Like they're only what I think uh, a game and a half behind Illinois at this point. Yeah. For first yeah, place. Only a, yeah. And they've got the same amount of losses as like Michigan State and Wisconsin, who we split with, and Purdue, who beat us. Like yeah, we're right there. We're right there, man. So if we can string together some wins and get some get get some consistency in games, and if you look at the schedule coming up, it's setting up nicely for Ohio State to be right there at the end of the season when they play Illinois. And Michigan come the end of February and March, beginning of March, where if we're within a game, we can win this thing. And that's all as a fan you can really hope for at this point. Yeah. And um, even all the the teams ahead of us, they all play each other as well. It seems, you know, Purdue's got Wisconsin, Michigan State, Illinois and uh, or not us now, but. You know, so a lot of a lot of good things could happen and everything's falling into place. And as we've seen over the last 
few years or since Holton has been there, this is where his teams really start to pick it up and just hit hit their stride. Yeah, because usually they have this lull in January where they <laughs> lose a bunch of games. But this year we couldn't do it because we couldn't even play anybody. <laughs> right. Well, we, we would have won those games. <laughs> I think so, too. Well, one thing I do want to bring up is to your uh, consistency point, Eric, what is the Purdue game actually? Um, Because that's what I saw in the Purdue game was just inconsistency, not having game time experience. Bingo. Yep. And then and then there was like a switch. Mm -hmm. And like at the point in the second half, we're down by like 22 and we bring it all the way back. And there was just like a switch in their mindset like, oh, this is what it was like. This is what it's like to play in a game. We forgot. Now let's start playing basketball. And and then they and it was like they turned it on. We're back into it, and we just and then it was like we lost a close fought battle. That's what it seemed like, you know. Yeah. That's it, what it feel like. But that's what you were watching. But that's what you watched, you yeah. know. It was that that stretch between the last five minutes of the first half and the first five minutes of the second half is that. Yeah, that's what really got them down. But I, I have hope on, on that game as well because, like you're saying, you know, they, they stayed mentally tough, they stayed working, they kept at it, and they had their chance to win. I mean, I, what yeah. a comeback. But but with the consistency f- aspect of it, if they were consistently playing a back-to-back to games, had that game experience at that Purdue game, I don't think we're down by 20 making a comeback. We're down maybe 10 making that run. Well, there's, there's two factors about that basketball game as a coach that, that – you know, you don't, you don't read about in the papers. Okay. Now we played, I think it was Thursday night was our first game back after a long layoff again. It was against Minnesota, right? So it was on the road at Minnesota, which is not an easy place to play. I know Minnesota is not world beaters this year and they're probably NIT bound, (laughs) but, but that was not an easy game. And then you come right back on the road again into Purdue's barn, which in my opinion is, is outside of maybe Indiana is the best home court advantage in the Big Ten, maybe Michigan State too. That That is a really hard place to play, and it took them a while to get what I call your sea legs back. Right, you know? makes sense. They're rust. <laughs> They're rusty, man. So it's, yeah. it's not, you know, it's not like you're just going to, you know, walk off the bus after playing Minnesota on the road, and now you're on right. the road again. You're going to walk off the bus and your legs are going to be 100% because you haven't played for so long, number one. And number two, when you did play, you just played a couple nights ago in, in a, an extremely up-and-down tough tough game against the, the Gophers. Yeah, they, they that game tough. set up perfect for Purdue. And and I, real quick, I would, I would not mind playing them again in the Big Ten tournament because I think Ohio State actually matches up pretty well with Purdue. I was thinking the same thing. Like they'll get their chance to redeem that in the tournament. <laughs> I well, and what I was, and I want to bring my statement full circle here is, we're not a bad basketball team mm-hmm. with that consistency aspect. If we can start getting some consistent games heading into the Big Ten championship and get our, you know, sea legs under us, we're gonna we're a good basketball team and we're gonna make some noise. Mm-hmm. Oh, I agree. All right, Jason. So this year, you know, we're we're getting back, like we said here, we're we're towards the end of the season. Who is at this point in the season your team MVP and your most surprising player who's made the not maybe the biggest impact scoring or anything, but just the biggest impact on the team? 
Well, um, MVP wise, you have no choice but to go with EJ Liddell. I mean, he basically leads in almost every category, I think, except for like assists and steals. Um, and then as far as most surprising, um, you know, you can go with Branham because he is emerged as the, the number two guy on the team. Um, but I also like how well <clears throat> Wheeler's been playing. I know he don't score a lot, but he really guides that team. And with his senior leadership in the backcourt, I think he's done a tremendous job, especially defensively. And that, that again showed today. I mean, he was really pressuring the ball. So, I mean, you, you can go with a, a few different people, I think, on that one. Eric? I got to agree. It's got to be EJ Liddell as your MVP. I think he's he's obviously your best player um, going to be a pro next year. Um, as my surprise, can I give it to multiple guys and say our bench? Yeah, like I'm I'm really impressed with the guys who come in and give you some solid minutes, man. Um, starting off with at point guard, Michi Johnson. There are days like like today, Michi played 23 minutes. That's over half the game. Um, you know, he play, actually played more minutes than Justin Arns did, um, who had a nice little bounce back game finally. Yes. <laughs> uh, Kyle Young coming off your bench as your sixth man is epic every time. I'm sorry. That's just that's that's having him as a as a sixth man is fantastic. Joey Brunk, when he gets in the game, like like sometimes he gets in the game and he absolutely shocks you with how good he is. Right. It's not like, not to interrupt, but that uh, that little spin spin back he had for his, nasty. his buck. Yes. Oh man, that was beautiful. <laughs> that was that was nasty. And uh, Eugene Brown at times has given some decent minutes and some energy off the bench. And how about J- Jimmy Sotos at times? Even he has come off the bench and has played decent at times. So what? I'm I'm gonna say. I'm going to say the bench has surprised me this year. The whole collective of the bench, which tells me that this team actually has really good chemistry, Nick. That's yeah. a good answer. <laughs> um, I, we're on agreement. Agreement. I mean, team MVP isn't nobody else but EJ Lydell uh, for me as well. And then my surprising player is actually Malachi Branham. Um, he's shooting 45% from the field right now, 39% from three and 82% from the field, from the free throw line. Uh, the amount of minutes that he's been asked to play in the absence of suing and what he's been asked to do, you know, just game after game that he's in there is actually kind of unreal for a freshman, especially an Ohio state freshman. You know, um, you may go to like Duke or, you know, some of these other, you know, schools in college basketball and expect as a freshman to be scoring 30 points a game and leading your team to a title. You know, here at Ohio State, we do it as a collective group. We are a team, you know, but what we've asked this true freshman to do is, you know, kind of unheard of at, at Ohio State basketball, especially for a guard. And I just have to tap my hat off to him because he stepped into the role and has, you know, played it to perfection to my, at least in my opinion. Uh, definitely. He's going to be a superstar, guys. Yeah. It, you just mark it down. He's going to, he's going to be an NBA superstar. I see it. Oh, he's going <clears> to <throat> not only be a superstar in the NBA, but next year, next year when he comes back for his sophomore season after this year under his belt, he's going to be one of the nation's top players. 
Uh, he's going to have to be to step up to fill uh, Liddell's shoes. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. <clears throat> so, all right. So, we are currently sitting in one moment here. We are currently sitting in the Big Ten standings. One, two, three, fourth or fifth, I think. Fifth. We're currently standing fifth. We are two games behind most of these guys in total games played. Exactly. Um, we are yeah. like a game and a half back of Illinois. Where do you see us finishing here at the Big Ten? Just looking at our schedule. I I gotta say, if if the everything falls right with these other teams playing each other, there's no reason that we can't finish first. Mm. In my opinion, the ever optimist. <laughs> hey, gotta be man, gotta be. But I mean, they're they're. The way they've been playing, and like you said, with not having the consistency in games, if they, if that can stay where they get to play these games, I, I just think everything is going to fall into place for them. It, it's time. It, it's Holtman's teams. That's how they run things. And I think with the uh, you know Wisconsin and Purdue and Illinois, and Michigan State, pretty much all having to play each other down the stretch as well, it, it's going to work out in our favor. I'm going to go with second or third. I think we're not I, – I, I think we're too far behind to catch, although you do make a good point, Jason, that Illinois does have to play Purdue. You know, like These guys are going to have to play each other. I think it was Purdue and Wisconsin, you said, so one of them is going to get their fourth loss here. Um, you know, The schedule, like I said, sets up for us to play a lot of the middle pack teams. We're going to get Indiana at home again. We owe them one. We get Rutgers mm-hmm. here. They're a middle road team. We get Michigan, I think, twice. Yeah, I, I think them. Yeah, twice. Yeah, which they're a middle of the road team. They're five and five right now and four back. And I think we get Illinois once and Michigan State once. So, like, if we win the games we're supposed to and we split with Illinois and Michigan State, then there is a shot we win this thing. But I'm going to say we're going to fall just a game short here because, again, it's not fair. We didn't get – like we that Nebraska game, not getting to play Nebraska actually hurts because they're terrible. That's an auto W. We should be sitting at 8-3 and three right now. Hey, just remember, Nebraska, they're always tough for three quarters. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, that's right. That's right. Even, even Michigan basketball found that out. They went overtime with Nebraska. Of course, we did as well. But my point, my point, saying, my point being is that, it, unfortunately, though, getting to lose those games might cost us. Right. Well, I I just I don't know. I I, I think everything's just lining up for him. So I'm I gotta stay being the optimist. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. I like it. I like it though. Always always picking us to finish first. I like it. I I gotta say we're gonna finish in like that three to four spot. Um, I do think we could take over take over Michigan State for that last first round bye, uh, which I think would be you know, key for our team going into the big 10 championship. So I'm, I I think three or four is realistically where we're going to be, but I, I can agree with Eric. If we, when the games were supposed to split with Illinois, Michigan state, I feel like we could end up the two. Yeah. I'm looking at the schedule right now. Like this week's game Wednesday night is tricky. You're at Rutgers. Rutgers is not bad. They are thirteen and nine overall, overall seven and five in the Big Ten, and only they're only a game back from us. 
that is that's a tricky game. And then you come back next Saturday uh, and you go to what is it, the Pontiac Silver Dome, or is that what they call it, or something? No, I don't uh, know. The Michigan's home arena in it, the Pontiac something. Ah, uh, I, I can't even think of what it is anymore. <laughs> uh, I just, you know, it's just junk. But my point being is like the little got, house, <laughs> the little house, the little outhouse. <laughs> you have you have two back to back Big Ten games against teams who are in the middle of the pack. The, the <laughs> past former Ohio State teams would lose one of those games. Yeah, you're right about that. <laughs> If the if if Chris Holtman and these Buckeyes win both the Rutgers game this week and the Michigan game next weekend, watch out. They could go on a run. But if they lose one of those two games, I'm telling you they've got a shot to get third or fourth, like like you said, at the end of the season. But they're not going to win it. Mm. Yeah, you know I'll, I'll be happy even if they don't win. The conference titles, they can even go in and win the tournament. I'd be extremely satisfied with either one of them. <laughs> so, who knows? Maybe we'll get both. Yeah, I just, I, I just <laughs> really think this team needs a first round bye going into the Big Ten championship. I, I agree with you completely, tournament. Nick. Yeah, I agree completely. Now, that now it, no, no, uh, no concussions there at the end. That's what hurt us last year <laughs> in the oh, tournament. Yeah. But, I mean, I, don't get me wrong, not having one just because of the lack of games we've played, um, as you know, it's just been a major kind of theme in our discussions here today, just the lack of games that we played. Um, it might not hurt us to not have that first round bye, but if we want to win the Big Ten tournament, you know, championship, we have to, I, I think we have to have that first round bye. <laughs> So I'm looking. I'm looking at the big, the two Big Ten games that we have lost due to COVID or and or um, weather. Both of them were at home. Were home games against teams in the bottom half of this of uh, of the Big Ten, Nebraska yep. and Iowa. You give this team right now two more wins. We're sitting at nine and three. We are one game back, and we're tied with Purdue and Wisconsin. Yeah, that's why I'm saying that those games crushed these guys, man, crushed them that killed them. And and they were home games, too. So I mean, they're 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 winnable games. And Lord knows Gene Smith needs uh, that that gate at the home, uh, the the home gate there after uh, hearing the news of what they lost in 2021 as an athletic department. Oh, God, (laughs) I can only imagine. And oh, I mean, yeah. got to hand it to the to these Buckeyes because I, I think they're the only Big Ten team left that has not lost at home. So at least they're handling their business there. That's right. There you go. Eric, have, did you guys record uh, the other podcast this afternoon? We have. We just got okay. done recording the OHIO podcast when I jumped on here with you guys. Oh, yep. Busy man. <laughs> did you cover the the uh whirlwind that is ann arbor football right now <laughs> that's how we finished the show we had okay. to finish the show with some humor yes <laughs> uh, i just okay. well, I, I just seen that uh there there's another assistant that is wanting out of there as well they didn't name any names but at this point why would you want to stay <laughs> i know it's why do pe- why do people still want to root for him that's <laughs> what, what they do as as chris said there there are delusional people 
<laughs> well, that's that's all for me, guys. Anything else on your guys' end regarding our bas- uh, coming up basketball schedule? Like uh, I said, man, you guys, get, this week is a huge week for Ohio State. Um, Wednesday night's game I'll be able to catch. Uh, I'm leaving for Florida for uh, for lucky. two weeks for work. Uh, yeah, for work though. Okay, I only get like hey, two days of, of sun still and fun in the out sun. Of the, you're still getting away from the snow. <laughs> Absolutely. So Saturday, I I probably won't. I might get to catch Saturday after setup that day in the conference. But um, so there's a chance I'll probably catch some sports bar somewhere down in Tampa, Florida to watch that game. But um, anyways, these next two games, Nick, make or break the big 10 for Ohio state. I'm just, I agree. Mark it down as a Buckeye fan, (laughs) as a Buckeye fan, these two road games, if you come out two and O, like I said, watch out, they're going to be flying high. They get some home games. They get Minnesota at home. They get a, a, a rematch game at home against Indiana on a Saturday at noon. The, the, the fan base will have that. That'll be a sellout. It'll be rabid that day. And then you got the last three, which are just whew, Illinois, Maryland uh, on the road, and then Michigan State at home. But th- that's that's the championship, you know, and then Michigan, yeah. Michigan at home to finish the year. But, but like I was saying, and like Jason and I said, gosh, it was probably a month and a half ago, right? Uh, if yeah, you're been just there at the end of the year, you got a chance. Yep. Just get within and a game. There, there it is, Holtman. If you're listening, Boggs laid down the gauntlet. You better go two and zero this week. <laughs> yeah, this is a huge week, man. It is, it, especially with not having those other two games under the belt. If if we didn't have the, if we had the Nebraska and Iowa game underneath our belt, this week wouldn't be as monumental as it is. Correct. Correct. That, and, that, and that's what it boils down to. It's it's all because we don't have those two games, and we need these two games. We need these two wins for seeding. Correct. Hey, I'd like to say uh, in closing here, welcome back, Nick. I've missed you, man. Thanks, Thanks guys. Yeah, it's been a bit of trip, but I'm glad to be back, and can't wait to you know continue to cover our Buckeye basketball team with you guys. Absolutely, I definitely enjoy doing this, and look forward to it. All right, guys. Well, as always, hang on, Sloopy. Till next time, we'll see ya. Keep calm and Buckeye on. Oh, come, let's sing, oh, praise and songs through armor while our hearts rebounding thrill and joy which death alone can still summer's heat or winter's cold the seasons pass the years will roll time and change will surely show how firm thy friendship oh hi-yo. presented by t-mobile the official wireless partner of odyssey sports 
With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.